Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Janine Bolin, and I'll be your host. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to KHNC 1360 AM for being the first radio station that actually syndicated our show. And KXDS 91.3 FM for having us on every Wednesday at 8 AM. But KHNC has us on every Sunday at Noon. So we look forward to being with all of you. We have other radio stations that are coming online to syndicate our program. And let me introduce myself. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Janine Bolin. And one of the things that's so exciting for me is I started in radio back in 1987 when I was doing high school events and letting people know what was going on at the local college, stuff like that. Had a wonderful time. And then in 2011, I became a podcast host when I started with Blog Talk Radio, and I was hosting a show at that period of time. Then I kind of split off and started doing a lot of authoring, and I've written 10 books. But because those books were written in four different genres, we created, my company created four podcast programs to keep that content moving out into our communities. We had the three-minute money tip, the thriving solopreneur, the writer's hour, creative conversations, and the practical mystic show. All four of these episodes or four of these podcast programs are still available online. You can listen to our episodes. There's like 212 of them, I think. Anyway, so one of the things that got exciting was then KHNC reached out and said, hey, would you be willing to syndicate your podcast programs here? And I find myself after 36 years right back in radio. And it's wonderful to be here. And thank you for listening to our premiere episode. Now, our episodes will be broken up into four segments. We will be talking about money based on the three-minute money tips. We'll be talking about how to be a thriving solopreneur, how to run your own business, and how to run it successfully. We have guests on that have done just that. We're talking about those businesses that got started at the kitchen table, in the basement, or in the garage, and how they slowly and steadily grew into larger businesses, and people loved them because, hey, they were doing what they loved for the money. And then we'll talk about the Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations. In one of our segments, we'll have either an author or we'll be talking about the writing process. And you may want to stay tuned for that because did you know that you could write a book and not have to type a single word? I mean, there are ways that you can write your history, your biography, and that it is very valuable to your community. You may not think so, but trust me, it is. And so I have a passion to help other people write their history because I feel that this is very important to families. But, you know, that's a passion of mine. And then in the last segment of the show, we're going to be describing things to help you with your sanity. Um, the practical mystic episodes that we used to run, we brought on guests that would help us with mental states, how to keep 
positive mindsets, even though things may have been crashing down around our lives. And this isn't really the happiness club. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about how to keep your sanity. It's how to keep you moving forward with the life that you want to lead, even though it seems like a lot of stuff is coming at you from different directions. So that is kind of how we're setting up the Janine Boland show is we're pulling from all four of those podcasts that we used to have. And again, a big shout out to KHNC and KXDS for syndicating us and putting us on the radio live. It's wonderful to be here with you today. So let's go ahead and get started. One of the things that I really wish for you to know is that you can hear our information by visiting our website, the com. And there you're going to see resources, the books that we recommend to you, free programs, offers. You can see the book uh, transcripts. Some of you listen to a show and you want to go back and read the transcripts. And you can get on our email list. And I promise we do not sell to you on the email list. What we do is we let you know of different episodes that we've run so that you have access to those resources. So you're welcome to do that as well. Many people want to get in touch with the guests that we have on our show. And this is where you can find their contact information easily and simply. So without further ado, let's go ahead and move on and get you started when it comes to money. On today's episode, we're going to be describing the three calming habits that relieve money stress. Because I know sometimes just the word money causes people to get their teeth set on edge. Most people find that cash flow is the primary reason for the stress in their lives. And whether it's due to a lost job, inadequate pay, or unexpected bills, or the impact that COVID has had on your business, we're all experiencing the pinch of inadequate cash flow these days. So how do you deal with the stress? I mean, what are some positive behaviors that you can keep you from curling up in the fetal position as you look at the stack of bills on your desk and no money to pay for them? So what I've done is there are three basic habits that I immediately start working with my clients on when it comes to their personal finances. You can start them today, and it gives you a sense of control over your money rather than having that empty checkbook control you. Now, these are a couple of ideas that are going to help you with your particular situation. So one of the very first things that happens when people come to me and they say, Janine, talk to me about the 60-40 principle, help me out with my personal finances. Um, the question they kind of give me is, why don't I have more money? And this is a fair and honest question many people have, because after all, they, you work hard when you have a job and you, can't, you just can't seem to escape that paycheck to paycheck existence. So you want more, not a lot more maybe, but you just want a cushion so you can breathe a bit. You'd like to be able to buy groceries without having to keeping a running tally in your head so you don't overspend. And you'd like to be able to buy what you need without having to decide, okay, this week I'll buy toothpaste and next week I'll buy the light bulbs. Decisions such as those that spread out the layer of money kind of almost becomes like a daily crisis for some of us. So, I mean, what are you going to do, right? So let me talk to you about the best three habits that you can have to help you with your financial situation today as of like right now. So best habit number one, track your expenses. I know it sounds so simple, doesn't it? It is. But if you feel you don't have enough money in your life, it may be because you really don't have enough money or you just don't know what happens to it. 
it doesn't matter which one of these reasons it is that you don't have enough money, but start recording every purchase that you make. And I mean all of them, from the soda and bag of chips that you bought at your local gas station to whether you got that really awesome handbag at the thrift store. You record every time money leaves your hands and you will be astonished to see where your money is going and how often it leaves you for items you didn't really want, let alone need, right? So maybe you really wanted that item, but you really didn't need it. So this exercise of tracking every penny that leaves your hand kind of gives you that written record of your spending. And it takes all the guesswork out of that statement of where did it all go? I mean, I know, I know people really are looking for, you know, that quick, fast, instant answer on the money issue. And I wish in all honesty that there was one of those things out there for you, but there isn't. The answer to money is in the active tracking and the conscious utilization of it, period. The only solution that I have ever found for gaining control over my financial stress is to track expenses so that I can see where those impulse purchases are being made by myself so that I train myself not to do it the next time. Now, I understand when you're listening to this sort of advice, you hear it again and again, but I have yet to meet anyone who was financially well off who didn't track her expenses. I mean, it's an essential trait in the people who wish to control their money. And it's one of those items that when I mention it, people almost like seem let down by it. You know, they're like, really? <laughs> Track my expenses? That's your answer? I'm like, that's the very first habit that you have control over that will show you where your money is going. And then at the end of 30 days, you look at where all your cash is going and you see if where you are spending your money is in alignment with your own moral compass. Because face it, money is a highly emotional issue. And this brings us to a point that when people mention money or they start talking about money with their partner or with somebody who they're sharing expenses with, they find themselves moving into places where they want to cry or they just get angry. Or as one of my clients said, I want to run screaming from the moon room and do anything but talk about money. But just know this about yourself and your relationship with money. It's a highly emotional topic. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about the emotional side of money. But face it, if you don't deal with those emotional issues that you have regarding money, you will be able to travel too far away from that paycheck to paycheck existence that you're under right now. So let's not keep you in a state of ignorance when it comes to your relationship with money. What I want is for you to be able to get out from under that extreme stress. So let's do that best habit number two, which is you're going to start educating yourself about personal finance. And the way you go about doing that is up to you how you want it to work. But I'm going to be to give you some recommendations. This habit of reading books on personal finance allows you to handle cash and talk about money without losing control of your calm. And how are you going to do this? You're going to let go of the guilt that you carry for any past mistake you have ever made regarding money. Face the fact that there isn't a single wealthy person on this planet ever managed their financial money and didn't make a mistake. They all have made mistakes. Many have lost huge sums of money, huge sums of cash, but they still managed to garner wealth. So how do they do that? That's because they know deep down that their mistakes are part of their education when it comes to money. Okay. 
So I want you to find a book today on personal finance, and I want you to start reading it, whether you listen to it as an audio book, whether you read it physically, whether you read it online, whether it's a free book from the library. I don't care. Pick up a personal finance book that you like the title of, that resonates with you. And I want you to start reading it. One of my favorites happens to be David Box, The Automatic Millionaire. And when we get back from this commercial break, we will be talking a little bit more about what David Bach has to say in his book. 65% of my clients were able to streamline their financial lives, even though they were starting from a horrible place of a lot of debt. Because they use the 60-40 principle and David Box, the automatic millionaire, as their stepping stone. We'll see you on the other side. So we were talking before the commercial break a little bit about uh, David Bach and the automatic millionaire and how this particular habit is the second one of three that we're describing about what are the three habits to help you relieve your money stress. And habit two was read a book on your financial situation or on personal finance. And I highly recommend David Bach, The Automatic Millionaire, because he's helped over 65% of my, my clients streamline their financial lives, even though they were starting from places of pretty heavy debt loads, either through credit card use or through a medical bill. And a lot of times there's a lot of emotional baggage around that debt, because in a lot of cases where people will come to me, they weren't the ones that built that debt load. They had a family member of theirs die and they were left with the debt or they had a divorce or something like that. So there's a lot of emotions that are wrapped up around the money. And I have my clients kind of turn to me almost usually within the first phone call or session that we have. Oh my God, Janine, how did my my financial situation becomes such a mess. And I often just remind them, I'm like, look, make a promise to me right now. I want you to not give it a second thought. Seriously, I want you to stop the self-recrimination. I want you to stop the guilt. And instead, I want you to direct all your energies into fixing your current situation. Many of my students have told me that, well, Janine, in order for me to figure out what's happened in the past is what's going to help me fix this situation so I never do it again. And I'm like, yeah, in a way you're correct. I mean, like if you're going to put a hot hand on a stove or something like that, but I, like the topic here is really, you want to get out of a financial situation and it's and, and this mess is very simple to get out of, but you cannot sit there and beat yourself up emotionally speaking for all the past mistakes or the trust issues or whatever in exhaustive details, just so you get into that better place. So what is, I want you to do is instead focus on where you wish to go. And when you really focus on where you wish to go with your personal finances, whether it's, Hey, I just want to get out of debt. I want to pay off my mortgage. I want to set up a retirement fund for myself or uh, I have grandchildren now and I want to establish 529 plans, whatever it is, when you start focusing on where you want to go and stop dealing with all of those difficult emotions of how you got there, it's amazing how much faster people are able to be productive when it comes to their 
personal financial situation. So this moves us then to best habit number three. So we've been talking about these three habits that help you relieve your money stress. And best habit number three is decide on your monetary goals and then chart a path. Now, if you're in the midst of a difficult situation, like you just got news that some sort of medical bill is being is needing to be paid or something like that, in that moment is not the time to set a goal, okay? You want to be in a place where you can take a deep breath and be in a calm place and not emotionally all chaotic. Instead, just find a time where you can sit down with your favorite beverage. I love coffee. So I sit down with a cup of coffee and I go, okay. This is how much debt I have. This is how much money I have coming in. What am I going to do? Where do I want to go with this? And what you do is you stop hiding from your money troubles and you face them head on. And yes, I know this does take courage. This takes a certain amount of will if you want, but come on, you can do this. I mean, after all, it's only money and our government makes more every day and there's plenty for everyone to have enough. It's not like childbirth or dealing with the loss of a job or even worse, dealing with the loss of a spouse's job. (laughs) What you're really doing here is you're setting a target date for you or setting some goals for yourself on how you're going to get out of your current situation. Now, if you have a, a serious amount of debt, credit card debt, then I encourage you to start getting some personal finance books, either from the library or get them online and start building a plan on minimizing that debt and starting to get it paid off. Don't hide your head under the blankets regarding that debt. Face it head on and go, okay, I have some of my clients on average have anywhere from fifteen dollars to $18,000 in credit card debt when I start working with them. So it doesn't matter what the number is. Look at that number that you need to pay off and start making a plan to pay off every single credit card and not continually accrue that debt. And by using the 60-40 principle that I teach, you can learn how to go about saving money while paying off that debt at the same time. Now, when you set a target date for yourself of going ahead and paying off your credit cards or getting a minimum balance in that 529 plan you want to start for your granddaughter, what you do then is you work every day to make that target a reality. This is how you go about doing it. I mean, seriously, you can do this. When it comes to personal finances, don't allow your ignorance to make your situation seem hopeless because that is just straight out wrong. It isn't. No matter where you are struggling, you can dig yourself out, even if you have to use a teaspoon at first. So start with these three simple things. Track your expenses. Start reading personal finance books. Educate yourself. This helps shield you a little bit from fear. And start setting yourself some targets for 2022 about where you want your financial situation to be. Now, if you're starting off and you have, say, $15,000 in credit card debt, you say, I want to be making a million dollars by the end of 2022, I would encourage you to set a little bit more realistic goals. Why? Is it impossible to do that? No, it's not impossible. You could. But what I'm saying is you want to set a little bit more realistic goals so that your brain doesn't sabotage you. And what I mean by those realistic goals is I had once a gentleman who had over $114,000 in credit card debt that I worked with. It took him seven years and he was able to dig himself out. But at the same time, realized he was making $218,000 a year. That was his income. And he was that far in debt. So don't think that by making more money that will get you out of debt, you have to balance the two. You can make a common wage, as they say, and be able to get yourself out of debt. You don't have to make incredible amounts of money. But the point is just start these three habits. 
follow them on a regular basis and you'll watch your financial stress literally drop day by day as if you're lowering yourself into a warm bubble bath and you will be able to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. So I've mentioned a little bit about the 60-40 principle and how I have clients that come to me that have a nature of debt that they want to work themselves out of. And I find over and over again that it's people's personal understanding about their money that causes them the challenges that they are experiencing. So let's talk a little bit about how to understand the flow of money. And I have a lot of folks in my seminars and stuff that'll say, well, Janine, I got this, you know, money comes in, it hits my checking account and it is gone. And by the end of the month, I'm hoping I have enough to buy groceries. And so so I understand that's exactly how a lot of people see it. They see money as being very linear. It comes in like a stream to your uh, checking account and moves right back on out. And so I wanted to remind you that money is not circular. I mean, it's not linear. It's circular. In fact, it is and in operating in such a large circle that many of us aren't aware of the circle that it moves in. It actually kind of has three sections to it that move in a circle. And once you understand that, we will be able to make more sense of the 60-40 principle that I'll talk to you about. Uh, the living arm of money. You have three different arms, if you will, of money that move in a circle. The first one is the living arm. Most people operate in a way where they're living on 110%, meaning they're living in debt. And the living arm of money really should only take up 60% of your income. Now, right now, I know you're laughing hysterically like, lady, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. Please realize that's the ideal. Remember when I told you about setting goals ahead of your time or moving forward with those goals? The living arm of money is our goal for you is to live on only 60% of your income. Right now, that's impossible where you are. And so what we want to do is make sure that we can move you to that. So there are three areas that you uh, want your money to move into to keep that circular movement of money going. The first one is, like I said, the living arm. The second one is the savings arm. Did you know that you want to be saving about 20% of your income? Crazy. I know, right? <laughs> but you do. And that's where we're going to move you to. And then there's the third arm, which is the giving arm of money, which is actually done very well by most Americans. Um, we are a very generous society at large. We are very good at, at donating our money and doing philanthropic works. And so I just wanted to remind you that, believe it or not, that is a part of creating this money cycle. So in order to get money moving in your life, it's very important that you take these three areas and make sure you are contributing money to each one of these arms. So 60%, this is the ideal now. The ideal is that 60% of your money you would live on, 20% of your money you would save, and 20% of your money you would give away. And part of the 60-40 principle that we're going to be discussing here in a few minutes is that you take that area of your money and you put it very practically into certain areas. And when most of my clients uh, come to me, like I said, they are living on 110% of their income. So how do they get this thing started? Well, the first thing is the education of it. Just knowing that, that you have a system 
you want to have a system in place so that when unexpected money comes to you, you know where to put it. And I have a lot of people that say, well, the very first thing I do is I dump it on all my credit cards so I can pay down my debt. In actuality, you want to pay down your debt and save money at the same time. And a lot of people struggle with that. I know I did. When I was first given that piece of advice, I had $3,000 in credit card debt. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have no idea how you're talking about that. I was working as a waitress and I had had to have some repairs done on my car. I was 21 years of age and I was just like, I had no idea how to, how to move forward in the way that these people were describing to me. And so when I read a lot of the books on personal finance at the time, this is back in the 80s, I got very, very frustrated. Well, you don't need to be frustrated anymore. We're going to give you some very practical tips on how you can move forward with your finances using the 60-40 principle and how it doesn't matter what income you have going on right now. As money comes in, we're going to create for you a system that you will know exactly what to do when you get an unexpected check in the mail or like me, I was a waitress. And if I got a huge haul of tips that particular day, because I worked a banquet or something like that, you'll be able to take that money Divide it up according to the 60-40. You'll be able to pay down your debt as well as increase your savings. And you'll see how if you're doing this consistently week after week after week, you will be able to build up the ability to ditch your debt and save money. We'll talk to you after the next break with the 60-40 principle. back to the show. I'm Janine Bolin. And we were talking just before the break about how money is not linear in the way that it flows. A lot of people think it is. It flows into your checking account. <laughs> you pay your bills and you hope that you have more money than month left at the end. But in this case, what we're going to be describing is that money actually does have a cycle or a circular flow. It's just you need to be putting money into your life for your living expenses and paying down your debt as well as saving money at the same time and being able to give money away. And so what we're going to do is talk about how you can handle this cash flow with a simple system that will allow you to pay off your debt while at the same time increasing the savings account balance that you have at your checking account. I know a lot of people are like savings account, you know, I have the bare minimum 25 bucks that's required to keep it open. And I know that is the case for a lot of folks. What we want to do is get you into a place where you can actually start saving quite a bit more and then be able to invest that money eventually. So what I created was the 60-40 principle. It's really a system that I used to get my own family out of debt. And this is back in 1996. And eventually we moved from being 
people that had, I think it was at the time, $8,000 in credit card debt. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like a lot at the time, but when you also looked at our income, it wasn't all that great either. Um, I was a mom. I had four children under the age of 10, and I was tired of the debt load. I, I used to tell people I was allergic to debt. And so what I ended up doing was I came up with the system for my own family. I never thought in a million years that to this day, I, almost 25 years later, I would still be teaching this principle to the public. Um, but the 60-40 principle is a concept where it governs where the money flows in your life. And if you implement the 60-40 principle on any money that you receive that is not your paycheck, okay, because most people that come to me are already spending 110% of their income, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to take any money that comes to you that is not your paycheck, and you're going to divide it up according to the system I'm about ready to give you, you will immediately see that your savings account will start growing while your debt decreases. That is, if you don't continue to add to your debt, okay? I usually have to say that in my seminars. Now, if your debts are great, start only with money that is not part of your income, such as birthday money, any rebate money you may get, unexpected cash from part-time employment you didn't realize you were going to get. Find your change jar. Say you get a bonus at works, a tax refund. What you're giving the idea, anytime you get money that comes to you that is not your paycheck, you are going to allocate it according to the 60-40 principle. Now, what is that? This is how you set up the system so that when unexpected money comes to you, you implement it. 60% of that money you're going to multiply, say that you get $200, okay? And you're going to multiply that by 60%. Now, for those of you that have a calculator on your phone, the way you do that is you take that 200 and you multiply it by 0.6. And when you do that, it tells you exactly how much money you need to be putting into your checking account. So 60% is the money you're going to live on. Then you're going to take... 20% of your money and put it into two different savings accounts. You want to have two savings accounts because if you don't already have a retirement account, I don't care if you're 18 years of age, you want to start saving for retirement now and you never touch that money until you hit 65. So 10% of your money is going to go into a long-term savings account, such as an IRA, 401k, Keo account, solo 401k. I don't care which retirement uh, savings uh, product you're using. It needs to go into that. I, I recommend that you find some sort of a retirement account that you put it into. If you don't currently have a retirement account of any kind, open up two savings accounts at your bank and kind of label them in your own head. One is for long-term savings. One is for short-term savings. Now, 10% of your money then goes into a short-term savings account, such as a local bank or a money market account for use uh, for your large-scale expenses, such as new tires for your car or for emergencies because your water heater decided to wash your floor, you know, those sorts of things. Then 10% of your money is going to be tithed to a church, or you can, if you don't belong to a church, you can put it into a charity of some kind. This is money that's in line with your purpose. And then 10% goes to philanthropy. That's right. You just give it away to, a, to the community at large. And that's kind of what helps prime the pump for that circular flow of cash. So let's talk about the 60-40 principle. I went through it pretty quickly. I'll talk to you about it again in this way. 
60% is money you live on. And then the remaining 40% is split up into 10% increments so that you can put it into long-term savings, a short-term savings account. You can give 10% to your church as a tithe, or you can put, give it to a secular charity that's in line with your purpose. And then 10% you give away to philanthropy or, again, a charity. The thing is, is this allows you to fall into that linear cycle of cash where you have 60% you live on, 20% goes into savings, 20% you give away. This sets up the flow of money that I talk about in my books and my seminars. And I just wanted to remind you that 60% you put into your checking account, 10% into a long-term savings account, 10% into a short-term savings account, 10% to a church or a charity, and then 10% you just out and out give to philanthropy. What is this doing? This is setting up kind of a contract with the universe that says, okay, any money that comes to me, I'm going to, from this day forward, handle well. And by handling it well, it means you are going to give me this cash and I am going to pay down my debt. So a lot of people will take that 60% and pay down their debt with it. And then they'll take 20% and put it into the savings vehicles and give 20% away. Then another dose of money comes to them and they do the same thing over and over and over. Believe it or not, as money comes to you, this will pay down your debt while increasing your savings account. And that short-term savings account that we were talking about, that short-term savings account is to help you with any kind of crises or expenditure that you have to have because something has happened. Like in my case, I had to buy a new water heater because it was washing my floor the other day. And I was lucky because I had the money in my savings account to be able to pay for that water heater. So no matter what debt load you're carrying or no matter where you are in your current financial situation, by using the 60-40 principle, you're setting up a contract with the universe that is saying, I will handle money well. I will handle that money with a good system that will help me distribute it in a way that is into my highest and best good financially. Now, the 60-40 principle was something literally I stumbled upon. I was reading a book on personal finances because one of the situations that happened to me was I, w I was working for a period of time. My husband was also working. And then the job that I had, I was an analytical biochemist. I was working in the laboratory. And after 10 years of marriage, I had a flu that wouldn't go away. And little did I know I was pregnant. <laughs> after, after you've been married for 10 years, you think, well, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it did. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm actually going to be a mom. So I wanted to be the type of mom that stayed at home with the kids. I didn't want to have to worry about childcare. Not everybody has that opportunity. And I realize that. So what I ended up doing was I dropped out of the workforce and I read 60 as in six zero books on personal finance over the course of two years while I was raising my infant son. And while I was doing that, was reading as much as I could on money. I was educating myself because I knew how ignorant I was. Also realize our income dropped by 54% by me leaving the workforce. But the thing that I hadn't expected was the increase in our income because I didn't have all the expenses that were affiliated with living 
uh, a life outside of the home. By staying at home and raising my son, I was able to save us a tremendous amount of money. So I just wanted to share with you that the 60-40 principle came about because a crisis occurred in my life. Uh, some people would say a blessing. I know, I know. But I, we lost 50% of our income, and I had to figure out a way on how I was going to do that. And I started by being very thrifty with our money, and I know that you are, but also the most important thing was I had a system for handling money that came to us that we weren't expecting. And one of the things that has occurred to us is our federal government actually started handing out checks to us. And one of the things that I was teaching my clients was how to handle that money coming in by living on only 60% of it and being able to distribute it into other ways. So no matter what money comes to you, whether it's $20 that you happen to find on the sidewalk, yes, that has happened to my clients, or you have a check that arrives in the mail that you weren't expecting, or someone pays you back, instead of just spending that money, start learning to do the simple math that will help you really invest in your future, which is pay down your debt and start shoveling some of that money into a savings account so that you can open a retirement account if you don't already have one. So as we move forward in this show, we're going to continue to talk about ways that you can go saving cash, some of the simple tips and techniques that we have for that. What we're going to describe to you, though, is when it comes to your savings accounts and the way that you give money away is in alignment with the goals that you have for yourself. We were talking earlier on about what are the three habits that you need that will help you with tracking your expenses, being able to read books on finances. Uh, if you haven't already, get David Box, The Automatic Millionaire. That's a wonderful book to get started with. And you want to be able to start taking care of money in a new and novel way for you, but it's actually based on very old principles. So take the time to set up the 60-40 principle in your mind and get those two checking accounts set up. I'm sorry, those two savings accounts set up for you. And at the end of this commercial series, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how you go about implementing these tips and techniques in your life. back to the show. Before we left for commercial, we were describing the 60-40 principle and how it is a system that is there to help you funnel your money into appropriate areas. And this is money that's not your paycheck, right? It's money that comes to you that's unexpected and you take 60% of it and you put it into your checking account or you can put it into uh, your credit card debt that you have and then 10% goes into a short-term savings account, 10% into a long-term savings account, 
10% you can give as tithing to your church, or you can just take 20% and give it away. And then the last 10% is on philanthropy. Now let's talk a little bit about how giving your money away assists you in your financial independence and becoming more financially stable. The principle that the universe will fill a void is very common in the scientific world. It's like the universe abhors a vacuum is usually what we're taught. That no matter where you are in space, there are things happening to fill it because it doesn't like a vacuum. And talk to any mother that has a clean counter and the kids come home. (laughs) Nature abhors a vacuum and immediately (laughs) the space will be filled, right? So the interesting thing about this universal law is that it does so in kind. This is well known. What does that mean? It goes by many names and various ways. You've probably heard most of these depending upon your cultural or religious background. Some alternate versions to the scientific term of nature abhors a vacuum is the law of cause and effect, the law of the harvest, what you sow that you shall reap, what goes around comes round, birds of a feather flock together, and like begets like. You hear these sorts of sayings over and over. But despite their near universal acceptance of these well-known laws, people still have difficulty implementing it when they need something or when they see that others are in need. So when you're serving the needs of others, it seems like the universe almost gets to working overtime to get you what you need so that you can be successful. Yes, you still have to do your part. You have to do your work and move toward your goals, but you have to do that anyway. So you might as well get the universe to help rope in the universe and helping you you out, right? So use the law of cause and effect to do good in your particular corner of the world. So how do you do that? It's simple. What you give away will come back to you just like a boomerang. So we'll, we could get into the physics of it, but I know not everybody's into that. So if you are, uh, are living in fear of starving, I used to have a client that was always worried that she wouldn't have enough food. I encouraged her not only to give away uh, her money to a food kitchen, but also to give food away. Um, I actually, she was one of those people that would store 25 pound sacks of rice under her bed just because she was very concerned about that. So you learn to take care of the things that you fear by giving those things away. If you're worried about becoming homeless, offer your house as a place to stay for someone in need, or you can donate your philanthropic cash to homeless shelters. If you're worried about not having enough clothes for yourself or your children, give away clothes. And lastly, if you want more money in your life, guess what? That's right. Start giving it away. Give as much away as you can without straining your budget for rent, food, tuition, insurance payments. You get the idea. There is money in your life that you can give away without putting your family or yourself out on the street. If this is not the case, if you really are in that dire of a situation where you can't afford food, then get yourself to a food bank and get some help. Why? You need to swallow that pride and accept some help so that you can get where you want to be stable financially, okay? You want to have financial stability, and that's where you want to be, and that's not going to happen if you don't get yourself some help. So then and only then can you move into what we call a state of an abundance. So I'll rant and rave a lot about this topic in my seminars Now, when I was about 16 years of age, I had uh, the lucky opportunity to be 
working in a house. So the very first business that I ran was uh, J Bonds Helping Hands, and I was a house cleaner. And I also worked uh, in domestic and industrial cleaning, is what I said to people. So I would do everything from cleaning storage out storage barns and outbuildings to cleaning people's homes. And one day I happened to run into a man by the name of his name was Sam Walton. He was visiting a friend in southern Missouri. And if you don't know who Sam Walton is, he was the co-founder of Walmart. Now, I did not know I was sitting in the living room with this person. And as I was vacuuming around him and I was telling him, excuse me, I'm sorry that I have to vacuum this and get it done. He told me of a number of secrets that he had to his success. And one of those was replicate yourself. Now, this principle holds true for money as well. Sure, the universe isn't one of your employees, but so what? You never hurts to have a helping hand. Consider what you are afraid of and then fight that fear by giving out what you need, whether it's money or a beautiful expression that I like is what goes around comes around. So that's where the process of philanthropy is so important to you. Sam Walton had a significant influence in my life, not only because of Walmart and what it has become, but I only spoke with the gentleman for seven minutes. And at the age of 16, I had no idea who he was, what he was, or what he was doing. <laughs> but he gave me several business tips. And one of the things I learned is that when you talk to the right people, and when you talk to people of wealth, they are very willing to help you out. So I sat there and told them how hard I worked for my money and how difficult it was to find decent women's clothes in the area. I said I could find clothing if I wanted to dress like a guy, but it was very difficult to find quality women's clothing. And then he said about sharing with me some tips on finding quality women's clothing. So it was fascinating that I heard that. But he also asked me how long I'd been working for myself since I was an entrepreneur. And that was the first time I had ever heard the word entrepreneur. Sam Walton called me an entrepreneur. And when I told him that I ran my business and it wasn't that big a thing, and he said, yes, it is. He says, this country will be saved as long as we have farmers and as long as we have business people. And he said, and you, ma'am, are a young, uh, you are a businesswoman. And that was also the first time anyone had called me a businesswoman. So it was one of those things that when you are running your own business and somebody says to you, oh, you're an entrepreneur or you're a business person, really own that and realize what you are doing for this country. By running your own business, you are showing that optimism that Americans are very good at having, which is we believe in our futures for ourselves and for our people. We believe in the future of our community. And I know there's a lot of negative press out there. And please realize that there's a lot of media that likes to put a fear factor into everything. And one of the things that I strongly encourage of the community that I get to talk to is that Please realize that your financial situation will improve no matter what happens to others. No matter what is going on around you, you can always find ways to increase not only your cash flow, but you can also find ways to solve whatever your current financial situation is. The challenge is, are you going to ask for the help? Are you going to ask for the assistance? And I don't mean go ask somebody for money. I'm saying, are you going to ask somebody to educate you? Because then that can never be taken away from you. 
the more you really work on your own personal financial education, the better off you will be. And the more books I read as I went to the library week after week, reading more and more about how to increase not only my income, but also savings, the better off we were. Sit down with all the credit cards that you own. Sit down and look at the financial situation that you were in. And no matter what the past is, let it be just that, the past. Realize that for now, the present moment, you're going to sit down with your checking account book. You're going to sit down with your budget and you're going to track your expenses. That's the best thing to do. I am personally allergic to budgets. (laughs) What I use is I track my expenses. Now, I know there are certain expenses I have every month, so I figure those out. But by sitting there and tracking where your money is going, and you do that for three months in a row, and you will automatically self-adjust your expenses. You will see where there are certain amounts of money that is leaving your account that you really don't need to be spending. And as you start chipping away at those various expenses, you'll also notice where you can start saving money and putting that money in your savings account. The best thing you can do for yourself right now is just make the decision that you are going to clean up your financial house, that you're going to put it in order. And by doing that, you will be able to build systems so that you can get yourself not only out of debt, but pay down those medical bills, pay down that student loan that you might have, and build for yourself a much stronger financial house, a much stronger financial ship. Okay, so that's that regarding the money. I've been teaching money for a very long time, uh, over almost 25 years now, and I've written several books on the topic. You're welcome to visit uh, my website, financialfirstresponder.com. You can get my books there, or you can go to Amazon and look up Janine Bolin, and you'll see money. It's not just for rich people, cash cars in college, ditch your debt. And the grocery store game. I have a new book getting ready to come out in the end of this year called Ditch Your Debt While Banking Bucks. Uh, If you want to sign up for that and become a beta reader, you can do that. Find me on the web and ask me how to do that. But it's been a pleasure speaking to you today about the 6040 principle and how you can go about relieving your financial stress. The Janine Boland Show was set up to handle the four different areas that I I write about and the four different podcasts that I was producing. And I wanted to give a shout out again to KHNC and thank them very much for syndicating our podcast programs. I appreciate you taking the time today to listen to us. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be with you today. We'll be here every Sunday at noon if you're listening to KHNC. And if you're listening to us on our other segments and populations it's probably wednesday at 8 a.m with kxds just know we appreciate you very much we know that you can get out of your financial situation that you find yourself in and we wish you a fantastic day see you next week Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejanineboland.show.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 